Hey, good morning, everybody. And um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 13, 44 to 46. And um, as many of you know, next or tomorrow, um, myself and the family will be going to Kawa Island to speak at a youth camp there. And I've been preparing messages there in Matthew 13. And I wanted to share with you um, a portion of that, of that chapter. But what an awesome and solemn and yet joyous occasion it is that we get to share in God's Word. And to be able to do that week to week is not a privilege to be regarded lightly. So let's pray as we come to the Lord's Word now. Father, we're so thankful that you've given us another day, another Sunday to worship you, to draw near to you. And we thank you most of all, Lord, that we get to now come under your Word. And that is indeed the place we must be, under your word. So Lord, would your Holy Spirit be active inside all of our hearts here this morning, causing us to receive your word, causing us to be changed by your word, causing us to live according to and under your word. It is your precious word and we ought to treat it as such. Give us your Holy Spirit, Lord, and help us to be totally receptive towards what you are teaching us. Open our hearts to you, Lord. Help us to draw near to you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew 13, Jesus talks about some of the most famous and well-known parables that people know about Jesus and his teachings. And parables were stories that Jesus used to communicate deep and great truths about God and about us and about the kingdom of heaven in such simple and easy to understand terms that even the most uneducated farmer or peasant in those days, they could all understand it. That's what parables were given for. And we read here in verse 44, 45, and 46, we read of two parables that Jesus teaches to help us to understand an aspect or a great truth about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So I'll read there from verse 44 of Matthew chapter 13. Jesus teaches, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now those are two very simple stories, isn't it? Very simple parables. We can all kind of relate and imagine it in our minds. There's this man who stumbles on a hidden treasure chest full of gold and precious things and he hurriedly covers it up and buys that field so that he can claim that treasure. And he's willing to part with all of his possession, all of his wealth. He liquidates all of it in order to get that field because he's no, he's going to be a winner. He's going to profit by getting that treasure. And likewise, with that pearl, he's searching for that one pearl of great price. And when he finds that pearl, it's worth everything he's accumulated up to that point in order to obtain that great and precious pearl. Very simple story, isn't it? And Jesus tells a story to teach us an aspect about the kingdom of God. And it's so simple. We can just understand it immediately now. What is he saying? He's saying that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is so worthwhile, so valuable, that it's worth more than anything else in this world you can think of. It's worth more than your life in order to have the kingdom of God. It's such a simple teaching, isn't it? And yet so much more profound. But that's what we're going to be considering this morning. Now, you know, we need to understand very clearly the context of Matthew 13. When you look earlier in this chapter, the disciples are, are recorded as asking the Lord Jesus, why do you teach in parables? And he answers them in private in verse 11 of the same chapter. He says to them, 
to you, the disciples, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. So this is differentiation. And he goes on to say in verse 13, This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now it's very important as we consider these parables and these teachings about the kingdom, we, we ask the question, well, we've got to really understand what Jesus is saying here about seeing and yet not seeing, hearing and yet not hearing. What is he talking about here? What is this? It sounds so cryptic. Well, you know, if you guys have ever dealt with children, um, or you've, you can imagine this, maybe somebody you're talking to, and you know you're trying to tell them something, but they're not really listening. I'm sure you've experienced that and how rude it is. You know, and, and especially with children, you're telling them and they'll say to you, yeah, I understand you. But clearly by the actions, they're reflecting that they don't understand you. And, uh, you know, it can be, can be some of the most frustrating moments when you're trying to explain to them why you shouldn't touch fire, for example. And then nodding their heads and then going near the stove anyway. We all know what it's like to hear the words and maybe even understand the concepts, but there's a very real difference between listening and listening, isn't there? Between hearing and properly understanding and agreeing with what you're hearing so that your whole life and your choices are changed. Now that's really what the Lord Jesus is pointing out. He says, I'm explaining these deep truths of God's kingdom in simple, clear stories and parables so that when the crowds hear, they have no excuse to say, oh, I didn't really understand what Jesus is saying. Well, he's making things so plain and so easy to understand. The kingdom of God is so valuable that it's worth everything that you could possibly imagine. It's worth more than even your life if you were to give that up in order to obtain it. Such a simple, clear teaching, isn't it? But what Jesus is highlighting is that it is very possible for you to hear those words, understand intellectually what they are saying, and yet be so totally deaf in your heart and in your soul that you have not truly received and understood the importance of those truths that is being spoken. I hope you see where, where Jesus is coming from. That these things, though so clearly explained, there is a very important step that must be taken between simply hearing and understanding and receiving it all and being changed by what we hear. And you see the Lord Jesus, He points to the fact that the disciples, to them it has been given from heaven that they can understand the kingdom of heaven, the secrets of the kingdom, not just intellectually. They weren't just great theologians. They were just fishermen as well. The difference being that God had opened their hearts to receive this truth, that their whole lives were now changed, that they, in a word, believed what they heard. And because they believed it, their whole life was changed. They acted according to their faith in the words of Christ. Now let's consider with that context in mind what Jesus is saying to us in verse 44, 45, and 46 about the kingdom of heaven. Well, we read very clearly, the kingdom of heaven is so worthwhile and valuable. Well, we can take a step back and say, well, why is it so valuable? Why is it such a thing that we should be willing, joyfully, to lose even our own lives, if that's what it means to, to enter this kingdom, to be in possession of it? Well, I mean, what is Jesus even referring to when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God? Well, you know, all of that is so deeply rooted in the Old Testament. But essentially, when you think about the idea of the kingdom, and if you understand anything about the Old Testament, what the kingdom of heaven is representing is, it's the kingdom where God is king. Simple, isn't it? It's the kingdom where every citizen 
God cares for them as their king. God knows them personally because he's a good and gracious king. God will give them the victory over the enemies. God will not allow disaster to come upon them. God will give to them everything that is in his power to give to them as a good king. And of course, God, his power is infinite. And so this understanding of the kingdom of heaven is really this phrase to represent the, all the wonderful, infinite blessings that human beings receive when they come to have God as their king, when they become his people. When they can say, God is the one who will bless me and care for me and provide for me, who will treat me with love and favor for all of my existence and onwards into eternity. The kingdom of heaven represents the fullness of a relationship with God, as we might understand. It represents the fullness of having a reconciled relationship to Him, of being adopted as part of His family, of being a full citizen of heaven itself. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven, of having God as our king. And of course, when you read on through the rest of the scriptures, we see even more mind-blowing things. We talk about the, the king who was willing to die for us, Jesus. The king who was willing to save us from the death that we deserved ourselves by the price of his own blood. We see him being a friend closer to us than even our brothers. One who knows all of our deepest struggles. And he was so willing to share with us that he even took on humanity himself. So he could sympathize to the uttermost everything that we might go through. Words fail me to talk about all the blessings of being in God's kingdom. But you see, that phrase simply represents all the fullness of knowing God as your King, of being in relationship to Him, of being known by God, being fully accepted by Him and treated with nothing but His favor in His Son, Jesus Christ. That is really the general overview of what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says to be in that place, to be in the kingdom, to have received the kingdom in your heart, that is of more worth than anything else in this world. Notice here with this man who finds the hidden treasure. It says that when he found this treasure, oh, he hurriedly covers it up and he runs and he tosses his mortgage broker and he calls his, all of his agents, he calls his stockbroker, he says, sell everything I have because I want to buy this field. And his friends might say to him, you're crazy. There's nothing on that field. And he'll say with a snigger, yeah, there's nothing there. That's right, I want to get that field. There's nothing there, don't worry about it. But you can see what's pointed out here is that in joy, he goes and sells everything. And we see that there. In joy, he sells everything he has in order to buy a field because he knows something that his friends don't know, that there is a treasure there that is worth more than everything else he could possibly own. It's a treasure that dates back to the, to the Spanish Empire. It has all this wonderful golden treasure. Whatever it is, we might think in our imagination. But this man, he knows the true value of what he has found. And he not only knows it intellectually, but he has been so touched in his heart that in his emotional, he's joyfully willing to trade everything he has in order to obtain it. Now, what is that really revealing to us? That when we think about the worth and the value of the kingdom of heaven, it is not sufficient only to hear it and to maybe even mentally agree, oh yeah, I mean, to know God, surely that is great, wonderful. But the question is, do you know it deep down in your heart? Have you experienced it? Are you truly convinced of what Jesus is teaching us? 
Are you truly convinced from the bottom of your hearts that this is worth more than everything else in this life? Because if you are, your life will reflect that faith in the words of Christ, wouldn't it? You would be just like this man, joyfully willing to lose everything in order to have this great kingdom of heaven. Well, my dear friends, that's the question to you this morning. Have you ever tasted of the worth of knowing God, of being in His kingdom, Him as the good and gracious King? Do you know anything about that in your heart? I'm not asking whether or not you know that in your mind, whether or not you might even agree with the proposition that surely if there is a God, to know Him would be so wonderful. But has it touched you in your heart? In a word, you can look at your life and ask this, are you joyfully willing to lose everything in order to have the kingdom? In order to possess this treasure? Ask that question, what are you not willing to give up in order to have more of Christ your King? In order to have more of an experience of this great kingdom? My dear friends, it is a tragic hypocrisy that so many people can dare to say, I love Jesus, I love God's kingdom. And they wouldn't even trade a Sunday sleep in to draw closer to Him. They wouldn't give up their favorite entertainment on TV in order to read more of His Word, in order to pray and seek Him with all their heart. It is a deep and serious hypocrisy to claim to know, I know the worth of the kingdom. And yet by your life choices and actions, by your habits and by the way that your heart has led towards other things, to betray the fact that you have not truly heard the word of Jesus Christ. You have not truly received what he is teaching you. See, my friends, you must experience yourself the value of knowing God as your king. The true joy of coming into this glorious kingdom. To the point where you are willing joyfully to lose even your own life. Because you know you have an inheritance in heaven. You know, it's always struck me so much when I read about the martyrs in church history. Who would go to the stake to be burned. Singing praises to God. Looking forward to being with Him momentarily. All of those things seem like nothing but insanity unless you know the spiritual truth that they themselves knew so intimately. That there is a treasure worth selling everything you have in order to obtain. And on that day when you come into the full possession of this inheritance in the full relationship revealed face of God, not one of you will ever be able to say to God, look what I lost in order to get this. None of you will say to God, look what I traded to have this in a, in a bitter way, in a regretful way. No. You will say in joy, I've lost nothing. I'm with my God now for all eternity. It will be nothing but joy. You will have lost nothing in order to have the kingdom of heaven. You see, this is what Jesus is teaching in that verse. That is the worth of the kingdom. Is that where you are this morning? Have you experienced that? It's such a simple teaching, isn't it? But we must think about our lives. Are we truly living consistently? Are we truly hearing what Jesus has to say? And not only hearing in a, in a, out one, in a one ear, out another ear kind of way, but truly living according to what Jesus is teaching us. Now, my dear friends, I think you can see here with this man in the field, he kind of stumbles on the treasure, doesn't he? And I think that can be a, a wonderful way to illustrate for us how some people, they kind of just stumble on the kingdom of heaven. It is part of God's mercy and grace that those who don't seek Him, 
He opens their heart to know the truth. I feel that very much to be true of me, growing up in a non-Christian home and not even interested in Jesus, and yet in my university days, God saved me so graciously. I feel like a man who stumbled on the treasure. Praise God, what a wonderful thing it is that God gave us the heart to understand what a precious thing it is we've come across. Or you might find in the merchant of this fine pearls, if you use your imagination, he's searching for a pearl. He knows the worth of what he's looking for. And you might see yourself, if you've grown up in the church, to see very similarly to that man who's looking for a pearl. All your life you've been told, as you've grown up in church, as you talk to your parents, to know God is such a precious thing. Dear children, you've heard from your parents, to be in the kingdom of heaven is so worthwhile, it's worth more than anything else in this life. You might feel like, I, I can really relate to that man who's looking for the pearls. But you can see there, there's a difference between looking for the pearl that he knows is valuable and actually coming across it and selling all that he has and possessing it. You must possess the kingdom of heaven. You must enter in. You must receive it in your heart. You must know it for yourself personally. It is no use to simply grow up hearing how wonderful the kingdom is. Coming to church Sunday to Sunday and hearing the preacher, seeing in the Bible how wonderful it is to know that your sins are forgiven, that God perfectly welcomes you into His family. It is another thing entirely to be in possession of that kingdom. To say, I have entered and I know that God is my Father and my King. I know that He loves me because I have received Christ. Because I have taken God at His word and believed in Him and turned away from my own ways and followed after God. See, it is another thing entirely to be in possession of that great pearl. And so again, it is the only question I have to ask you from God's word this morning. Have you truly experienced the joy of entering in the kingdom? And does your life reflect that confession? Is it truly can be said when people look at your life that there's the singular greatest joy of this person is that he knows God and God knows him. That he is in the kingdom. Oh, that his life ambition is to go closer and closer with his God. To live more and more consistently of being a kingdom, of being a citizen of that kingdom. Can that be said of you, my dear friends? And you know, we must think of this carefully as believers. You know, it is very possible, isn't it? I'm sure you've experienced this, of knowing the joy of being in God's kingdom. And then gradually, as we go through life, it feels like we've lost it all. It feels like so many other things come and take our attention. What are we to think about then? Well, I think it's very helpful to again think of this man in the field. Imagine with me, if he found that treasure... And he covers it up and he goes home and he sells everything he has and he buys that field. But purely because of his own foolish negligence, perhaps his own laziness, he begins to forget about that treasure. He looks at that field and, and he begins to forget. Now why in the world did I sell everything I have to buy this field? Because of his own negligence, he begins to forget about where he buried the treasure. And he begins to realize, of course, all I've got is an empty field. Why did I sell everything to have this? You see, only through, you might even understand, a blindness, a foolish forgetfulness, 
Can a man who has obtained that field lose their joy? But if that person was being diligent, he would remember exactly where he hid that treasure, wouldn't he? He would be going straight there, unearthing it, enjoying it, living in the full possession of that treasure. Now, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, it is a sad thing that we so often, we're not mincing words, by our own foolish and lazy negligence, we forget how precious the kingdom of God is. We do not attend to it. We do not take possession of it. We do not live in light of it. We begin to forget how wonderful it is to draw near to God through Jesus Christ then is it any wonder that gradually we begin to lose the joy of having this treasure? We begin to forget, why in the world am I a Christian? My friend, what a foolish question to ask. If only you would come back and see what a treasure it is that you have through faith in Jesus Christ. What a treasure it is you have to be part of God's kingdom, adopted by God the Father. What a treasure it would be to be willing to lose everything in order to have more of Him, in order to have more of the kingdom in your life. See, my friends, that's the call of God from this Word. Live in possession of that treasure. Come again into the joy of your salvation. Isn't that what David prays? Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And brothers and sisters, we know that so often we've lost that joy because we've been foolish in neglecting Him. If it's worth losing everything in order to possess, why in the world are we not willing to sacrifice a little bit of our TV time, a little bit of our sleeping? Whatever it is you can name, I don't care what it is you bring, the words of Jesus ring true. Nothing else compares to the worth of being in God's kingdom, of drawing close to Him and knowing Him as your God and King. Do you believe Jesus' word this morning? May the Lord help you. May the Lord help you to know the joy of possessing this great treasure. Let's pray now and ask for His help. Lord, we thank You so much for Your precious Word. It is so clear, so easily understood. And yet, Lord, we know that to receive it in our hearts, to know the truth of it, not only by our minds, but by our soul's experience, that, Lord, can only come from You, can only come from Your grace. Lord, we pray that Your Holy Spirit would actively work in all of us here now this morning, helping us to experience the joy of entering Your great kingdom, of knowing our sins are forgiven in Christ, of knowing that we are perfectly welcomed by You as full citizens, as full sons and daughters, heirs of God. What a blessing that is. Forgive us, Lord, for so for so often neglecting to really live in the fullness of that joy, of not drawing near to you and enjoying the treasure that you've given to us. Yourself, forgive us, Lord, and help us now this morning to set our hearts to you, to do as the Lord Jesus taught, to seek first the kingdom of heaven knowing that all else shall be added to us. Help us, Lord, please. Do not leave us in our own laziness. Do not leave us in the blindness of heart. Especially, Lord, if there are those of us here this morning who have never once tasted the joy of being in your kingdom. Lord, would you take mercy on them and open their hearts that they might enter your kingdom and experience this great joy of knowing you and being known by you. Lord, have mercy on us all, we pray. All of this we can only ask in Jesus' name. Amen.